0: Surprised. You would be surprised. But today, um, for the love of sports, we did it. Mm-hmm. Eight divisions, I think only in 10 days, which I think is pretty impressive. It's a testament to my friends and how much they actually wanted to do this, which was pretty fun. We would have done it in eight straight days, but Derek decided to get drunk on a Sunday, which I can respect. It was like 75 degrees in Cleveland. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. We appreciate him and his effort. He did a couple, Justin. I think this is your fourth one you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, been been doing a lot of them. It's been a lot of fun, but appreciate it this is the last one. How was it, Justin? Did you have
1: a good time? Oh, I had a great time. Um and it's funny because I think I've listened to every single second. I've I only saw about 20 minutes of Jared's. Um so mm-hmm. I'll have to go back through and watch because he did the AFC East. Um yes. I, I caught I caught the, the Patriots part of it. So um I'll have to go back through and kind of see what he said about the rest of the divisions. But
0: well, I if mean, you only listen to the 20 first 20 minutes, you actually didn't catch all of the Patriots. There's probably another 25 minutes of Patriots talk in there as well. So I uh, it was fun. yeah.
1: I was driving and I listened. It was just Patriots the entire time. So I can only assume there was more before and after. It it
0: was about Patriots for 45 (laughs) minutes. So uh, it was impressive. Jared did an incredible job. I appreciate him and what he's done and how he did it. So uh, it was was good. He was incredible. Derek, Nick, obviously. I had my buddy Sean Tepper on. We appreciate him. Sweet flash, man. Really did a great <laughs> job. Covering that one up.
1: trying to push your brand out, Mike. Sorry. Love
0: it. Appreciate you, bud. Appreciate you. And we are on the last one. We are on the NFC North. I didn't really do these in any order, honestly, mm. so I don't know what that means. But I do think we may have saved the best team for last, Um, just in terms of what the hell is going on. But I guess as a whole, how did you feel the NFC North did, I guess... Last year, obviously, we had the Packers making the NFC Championship game. They got mm. blown out, but whatever. The Vikings were in the playoffs. They made it to the divisional round. They lost. Who did the Vikings lose to? I can't remember. They beat the Saints, and then they lost to the Packers?
1: Uh, the 49ers. The 49ers. 49ers. Yeah. yeah, they yeah. The,
0: so they both got beat, beat the crap out of by the 49ers. The Bears were a travesty, and it was hysterical. <laughs> and the Lions were the third worst team in the league. Um, Matthew Stafford went down with a back injury, so that might have had something to do with it. Mm. Uh, but it was definitely something. And honestly, they beat the Giants, so they probably were better than the Giants, just how the draft works out, I guess. So it's interesting. So how did you feel, I guess as a whole, how did you feel the division did last year? And what do you think, again, as a whole, they could do coming into this offseason?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, the Bears had high expectations. They, it, For them, it was Super Bowl or bust. And they came mm-hmm. out and they. It, you could see that it, most of it fell on Mitchell Trubisky and his shoulders and he crumbled. Um, yes. I understand that the offense moved the ball much better the previous year, and it was from everything that I follow with the bears it was because he was able to use his legs to extend plays mm-hmm. and to pick up some first downs or just, just, just from running the ball with him. Um, and then I'm, you bring in a guy like David Montgomery, um, you kind of expect him to really take the reins and kind of mm-hmm. handle that at the loaded offense. And I mean, granted, he looked like a pretty good running back and he, I, I forget what his force tackles were, but he's always among the top, uh, top 10 or so. I remember from his, his days at Iowa state with, with PFX rankings, um, of, of like four tackles. It was some phenomenal number for a guy his size. Um, and he came into the league and did the same thing. The problem is, is the offense was so inept because Mitchell Trubisky couldn't push the ball down the field. Um, it was,
0: it was alarming how bad they were though, considering when they came in the, the previous year. I mean, he, I think, if I'm not mistaken, had one of the highest handles betting totals. Yep. To win the MVP. The MVP. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that. And it's just, he completely crumbled, isn't even the word. And it was immediately, it was from the start. I think they played the Packers in that Sunday night game. And the Packers, Adrian Amos, who if I'm not mistaken, was on the Bears the previous year, was like, yeah, if we could just get Mitch to play quarterback, we thought we'd win. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh shit.
1: Yeah. Oh,
0: we're in for something. And uh, they they absolutely were, to say the least.
1: Yep. And you just keep going back to that 2017 draft class with Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. You're like, okay, but the Bears traded up for Mitch Trubisky. He did, they didn't stay at the third pick, but also no one was trading up to try and grab him. So I'm not sure who they were scared by, but I, I get it. If, if you see your quarterback, you want your quarterback, go get him. Um, it just turns out of the three choices, they they picked the wrong one.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, they, they clearly picked the wrong one. It's definitely, it's, it's unfortunate, I guess, for the Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's kind of, Mitch looked okay his freshman year, rookie year, whatever, and then his sophomore year they're like, "Oh, okay, we got something." I think if at one point like he was actually considered good, um, mm-hmm. and then everyone's like, "All right, let's see what happens in the third year," and he was complete just ass. Yeah, he was and bad. now this year, obviously, they brought in Nick Foles, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just in, just the Bears obviously had high expectations. The Packers had high expectations. The Vikings had high expectations. I, yep. The Vikings' expectations were weird though because they were coming from a place of. They they were pretty bad the previous year if I'm not mistaken they were like eight and eight nine and seven they weren't that great uh-huh. everyone thought they were going to be really really good last year they come into this year they're significantly better they actually start running the ball again yeah. and then obviously the Packers always have high expectations if Aaron Rodgers is healthy they should go to the playoffs essentially Another and the bear or the the lines just suck
1: yeah so um, yeah, yeah I mean just just going off of what you said I mean obviously the Vikings once again. Go, looking forward to this season, they're going to have high expectations again. I mean, Kirk Cousins is a, is a good, not great quarterback. He'll do enough to not lose the game most of the time. Um, I, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see what he does going into this year without a guy like Stefan Diggs. Um but they, they added a first round talent in Jeff, Justin mm-hmm. Jefferson, so we'll obviously we'll, we'll talk a little bit into that. And the Lions, I I just don't get it. I, they they draft a running back early. They have a couple decent running backs already on their team. Actually, they drafted two running backs. Uh, they drafted another like a scat back in the fifth round, I believe. Um, so I, I mean, the NFC North they just beat each other up every mm-hmm. year, and there it always seemed to kind of it's just like Packers, Vikings, Bears, and then the Lions are just down there at the bottom, uh, just trying to find their way out of, that, out of the gutter of the NFC North.
0: Yes, but forever and always, Dez didn't catch it. Um, so I think that's pretty important. He sh- They shouldn't even have made it to that game against the Packers. They should have just lost the previous one against the Lions because that was not a pass interference. But then Dez didn't catch it, and I think that's the most important part. So, yeah, let's just go right into the Lions. Um couple people they added. Uh, you want to say that first name? by Hala- yep. Halapalipatai. Oh, that's a fun name. Halepali Vitae. Uh, They brought in Jamie Collins. That's another Bill Belichick disciple of doing Bill Belichick Mm -hmm. things. Desmond Trufant coming over from the Falcons after they got rid of Darius Slay. They traded him away. Uh, They brought in Chase Daniel. Okay, they brought in Chase Daniel. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Danny Shelton, uh, same thing coming from that Patriots um, offense. How do you think going into the draft? I mean, obviously, when you're picking top three, there's a lot of needs. But what were some of the most pressing needs that they had going into the draft?
1: they very uh, after they, they 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 traded away darius lee and, that, 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 and that's a key thing because you, you just trade away a a number one corner in a cornerback driven league where you need you need mm-hmm. a number one corner um i understand they brought in desmond trufant he he did not have a couple good years at the falcons so um clearly there's still talent there and then they they went with their first pick and they grabbed jeffrey okuda mm-hmm. um so so they addressed the cornerback uh, position right away they 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 it was a need that they needed to yeah. address, and the the need matched the talent at, the, at their pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, they, they just kind of dove right into it. They, they they need defense. Matt Patricia's defense is ranked among the worst in the league since he's taken over this team. Um, you still have Matthew Stafford, who, uh, I mean, I still think he's a, he's a very good, very capable quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's getting up there in age. He's starting to have these injury histories because he keeps getting beat up. So mm-hmm. they, they need to do a better job protecting him. And just keep keep giving him talent around him. Like, he has Kenny Galladay. All right, cool. And then you have a cu- bunch of running backs that just can't stay healthy now. Theo Riddick mm-hmm. got hurt. Kerryon Johnson got hurt. It's like, all right, cool. Um, so, I, I don't know. It, it, it's definitely going to be an interesting year for them. Um, I mean, I can't see them winning more than six games again. It's just mm-hmm. like a, a brutal division for them. Um, I mean, we're all excited about, the hopefully, the uh, the league schedule coming out tomorrow. We can kind of start mm-hmm. looking at the matchups and kind of seeing where they can rank. But, I mean, it's, it's going to be difficult for them to do better than six seven games six, seven yeah I,
0: I think they're definitely going to finish in the bottom again and i like the fact that you brought up theoretic in case anyone out there is curious justin tackled theoretic in high school and theoretic actually wasn't even on the lines last year he was on the broncos so that's just a yeah. slight plug he just wanted to let everybody <laughs> know that he tackled theoretic because he knew if he brought up theoretic that I have, I have an obligation a contract signed i guess to just talk about how he tackled him one time well, you let me do the afc school.
1: west so i have to throw it in there <laughs> well, no, exactly.
0: We have to get it. We have to get it in, in some way, shape or form. Um, they did lose a couple people, as you said, you know, Graham glass. Now he actually left Uh, part of that offensive line, Devon Kennard mm-hmm. in, he is a linebacker and that's as high praise. I can give him a Robinson leaving as well as Tavon Wilson. So again, they, they have holes. You're not picking in the top three without a massive amount of holes. Now I will say, I don't think they were one of the three worst teams in the league again, right. They um, oh, Jeremy did not know that you tackled Theoretic. Yeah, Jeremy, there you go. Yeah, I'll tell you I'm about sure. it next time, too. <laughs> um, but no, picking in the top three again, they beat the Giants. So, I mean, yeah. not to say that that's too much, but Matthew Stafford did go down, I think, about halfway through the year. And from there, it was kind of a joke. I do think they have the capabilities, I think, you know. Picking here again, they have a lot of holes, obviously, but I don't think they were the third worst team in the league, I guess, if that makes sense due to quarterback sure. um, injury. So just getting into it, as you said, Jeffrey Okuda out of Ohio State, round one, pick three. That was it. Like It was very easy, as you said. Yep. You're trading away Darius Slay. You're pretty much just taking a guy who's going to come in. The one thing we've seen with cornerbacks is it's very difficult. It's not the easiest, you know, the, the the most important positions in quarterback left tackle defensive line uh, specifically edge rusher and cornerback one of them is okay you can make that transition relatively easily and that's defensive end we've seen it with both the bosas we're assuming we're going to see it with chase young cornerback quarterback and left tackle are not the easiest to transition and so what do you think it is about jeffrey okuda that not only he'll be successful but he'll be successful quicker than someone like say deandre baker
1: yeah, he well the the talents there, and especially coming from a um, DBU, I guess we can call Ohio State yeah. now. Like they're 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 incredible putting out just defensive talent. I, I mean, we'll it, tell it, Derek, I, but I agree with you. Yeah, um, I, I mean NFL talent in general. They're they're just they're, they're they're becoming a powerhouse. They're becoming this new Alabama, and they're putting out these these players that are producing in the NFL, unlike some of the other colleges, some of the other schools that we've been watching for years. Um, I, I mean, you, you can take. I mean, both Bosa's and Chase Young. Wow, like, could you imagine a team with just those players? Could you imagine Ohio State's team in five years if they if they kept all those players at college and then oh just oh my goodness, re- it became an NFL school like that talent right there. Think of all the corners that they've had. Think of the quarterbacks that they're putting out right mm-hmm. now, especially with Justin Fields coming out next year. Um, so uh, I mean, you're just looking at a at a school that just keeps p- putting out talent, and I mean, they have the track record. So it's not so much that it's the position it, it's because of the place that it's coming from like they're mm-hmm. just well coached well schooled players with the talent so when those two things kind of combine the talent and and the uh, the, the coachability mm-hmm. um you just create like these perfect players and, and that's what you know, that's, that's what you get in Jeffrey Okuda.
0: Yeah, they come out and they succeed more often than they do not, at least especially these high round picks. You know, it's it's crazy again to think about what that I I remember. I saw the tweet like right around the draft and it was like, here's Ohio State's 2015 team. Mm -hmm. And it was just stacked. And you're like, how the hell is this possible? I don't even think Chase Young was on the team yet because he wasn't he wasn't a commit till 16 or 17, if I'm not mistaken, because he was only there for three years. And it was still just completely stacked. And it's like, oh, my goodness, this team would have dominated in the NFL right now. And, you mm-hmm. you know, you really already made that point. So, I mean, I don't know how much more we have to talk about Jeffrey Okuda. He's going to come in. He's going to start on one of those sides. And, you know, they're probably going to test him early. And then they're going to find out, OK, can we keep testing him? or is he going to be the guy that we should stay away from? So we'll see. The goes.
1: nice thing is they do have, he does have Desmond Trufant that he can mm-hmm. lean on. So exactly. so you have an experienced veteran corner that, that can obviously teach him the things that he needs to do. And, and it's not like Okuda's taking his job or anything. Okuda will probably get mashed up against the number two talent until, mm-hmm. until proven otherwise. Um, yep. But I mean, Matt Patricia could probably do a lot with some of the defensive players like Jamie Collins that he brought in. Um, and then you have these two corners that, I mean, they could both, God, technically be shot down corners. Mm-hmm. That's when Trufant was earlier in his career. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of like injuries and just or maybe it looks kind of like he just looks lethargic. He didn't look like he was enjoying his time in Atlanta. So um we'll we'll kind of see what uh what what they can put together here.
0: Yeah, see what happens there. And one thing I will say I know they traded away Darius Slay, but mm-hmm. looking a little deeper into his numbers he the last couple years especially he was not the darius slay that we remember um so we'll we'll see what happens maybe that trade ends up being good because they were able to snag a couple picks from the eagles they signed him to a big deal and they can just replace him with jeffrey okuda and now you have him for five years
1: a third and a fifth is crazy like really that's that's really all you get like jalen ramsey i understand that jalen ramsey i I mean it's tier one tier two and Mm -hmm. and slay isn't that far off of jalen ramsey so uh
0: i mean jalen ramsey i don't think also should have gotten well well, okay here's the other thing you get Mm -hmm. jalen ramsey for a year and a half if the Rams and you do that yeah you they had to sign Slay to a deal because I think he was at the he was his contract was expiring so they had to do something so a little different um Ramsey is also you don't have to pay him big money for another year and a half right he's (laughs) on that controllable aspect side they're gonna pay him a lot of money we'll see what happens but I see it it is a it is a very weird concept so Uh we'll see what happens so then you already alluded to it as well round two pick 35 DeAndre Swift running back out of Georgia yep uh, they have carry on Johnson. You're higher on him than I am. I think he's okay. You think he's pretty damn good. We'll see what happens there. But what, like why the hell are they doing this? They have so many other holes. Running back should be the icing on the cake at this point in the NFL. You have decent running backs on your roster already too, unless they just do not believe in carry on Johnson at all. He's been injured a little bit. That's yeah. Where the hell does this pick come from and Why so
1: early? I, I think it's because the lions I and mean, they haven't said anything yet, or at least I haven't seen anything yet, but I think it's because the lions had Swift's, so high on their big board that when they picked in round two, it's like, okay, like he's there, we have mm-hmm. to take him. Yeah. Um, I, and it's funny because I, I I keep thinking about, it, I keep thinking about, it, I'm like, okay, when the when the Vikings when they were drafting Adrian Peterson, a lot of people were calling not to draft him because they had Chester Taylor. It's like, okay, huh. you have Chester Taylor, but you have this all-time potential all-time running back coming out of mm. Oklahoma. His only knock was injury history, which. I mean, yes, that's a big one, especially one running was back. A but, collarbone,
0: though, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Adrian. it was. It, it was, just got landed on weird.
1: It was some weird. It was some weird ones. But yes. And obviously, who knows? But the running back position, you need to be a tough, gritty SOB. Um, otherwise, you're, you're just not going to pan out in the league. Um, but but they went and they they took probably the best player on their board. And you know what? Why the hell not? Kerryon Johnson's been hurt. Bo Scarbo is a a bruising running back who looked kind of okay. Ty Johnson. Um, and then they, I mean, they they drafted a running back and Jason Huntley a little bit later, but uh, the one thing that pissed me off is Bob Quinn. I believe it's Bob Quinn, the GM of the Lions, came out and said, we're going to do a a running back by committee. Really? Like I, I've never been a fan of running back by committee. I've, I mean, we see it work with the 49ers, but that's just because caution has masterful uh, at running games, uh, schemes that he, he draws up. Um, the Lions don't have that. They have Jim Bob Cooter as their offensive coordinator, and he just kind of likes to chuck the ball down the field with Matt Stafford. So, um, unless they're really trying to transition to a run, like a power running game, which, as noted by the two guards they drafted later in this draft, there's a possibility for that for them doing that. But I, it, it, I feel like they could have traded out of that spot, picked up a few more picks to add to a depleted roster, and then kind of gone from there. But you know what? Maybe Swift comes out because I mean, he was a first round talent coming out. It's just the running back position is devalued.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah you you make a good point we always kind of say well why the heck do they grab him here well if they had him 20 something on their board overall and they're picking at 39 and they see him there like how do you not jump at that opportunity how do you not Mm -hmm. say hell yeah let's go and i get it you know it it makes sense and you got to do what you got to do when it comes to that stuff but i just don't i I agree with you i mean jk dobbins was on the board till 55 now maybe they saw swift was significantly better than him i'm not a talent scout i thought dobbins was better personally uh Mm -hmm. but that's just you know, that's just me. So I don't know. We'll see. And I guess we will, we will see moving forward on kind of how that's going to work out. And if it's going to be a running back by committee and I don't know, it doesn't make sense to me personally. And I I apologize. Pick 35, not 39. Yeah, You know, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. So in round three, 67 overall, they go with Julian Aquara, edge out of Notre Dame. Yep. Um, older brother is also playing for the Detroit Lions, oh, if I'm not mistaken. Originally, yep. Yeah, originally drafted by the Giants. Um, let go in some capacity and now goes to the Lions. How do you think he is gonna fit over there in the Lions on the Lions defense?
1: Yeah, they 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 needed edge rushers. Um, I mean Trey Flowers Uh, obviously you have big free agent signing kind of did all right last year. Um, You, you bring a Danny Shelton who's more of a run stuffing defensive tackle. Um, John Atkins is kind of whatever their, their defensive line depth is is kind of, it's kind of meh at best. Um, And then obviously you, you bring in Jamie Collins who um, the way Bill Belichick used him was incredible, but every other person where Collins has ever gone, like with the Browns, he just, it it never seemed to pan out. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure exactly what it was with Bill Belichick and, and Collins's relationship, but Belichick knew how to get the best out of him. So maybe going over to Patricia will help him a little bit because maybe they're going to kind of run the same schemes. But Belichick is just masterful at defense and, and using players in the way that he needs to use them week in and week out. Um, but Okawar, like that that edge rush that you just need, you need someone with some get-off on, on that defensive uh, that defensive end position because like Austin Bryant, Frank Heron, like you just have a bunch of guys, Deshaun Hand, Jonathan Wynn, like a bunch of uh, no-name guys who just haven't really put together anything in their career.
0: I love it. I love it. And you know, we'll see what happens. Um, we'll see what happens when moving forward and Sia, I guess he's, he's a little late. He needs in the an game. Yeah. He he's going to need, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll touch, we'll, we'll finish up. See, we're going to finish up on the lions and then that's going to be the end of the lions. Justin will tell us how he tackled Theo Riddick that one time. So more people can hear about it, that's but right. I, I agree. I mean, you need to build from an offensive standpoint. Um, so they went for three of the four most important positions in their top three picks and four in their first five or however we want to say it, but I mean, cornerback and Okuda running back in Deandre Swift. We'll see what happens there. Getting an edge rusher out of Notre Dame. I mean, I know he wasn't really anywhere near the first round. Julian Okwara was, but he definitely, he has the opportunity. He has the abilities coming from a big name school, at least. Um, I mean, I don't, can you name, can you name five defensive ends that came out of Notre Dame recently?
1: Hmm. Off the top of my head, no. That's what I mean. Like, so that's the
0: only thing. Like, I don't know. It's a, we'll see. I I hope, I hope it works and we'll see what happens, but I don't know. It's just, it's something, it's something Mm -hmm. to just make note of, uh, round three, pick 75, their fourth pick in the draft, Jonah Jackson guard out of Ohio state. So there we go. As you said, you were talking about that power run game and then. We'll also bring it up to pick four, uh, round four, one twenty one overall. Logan Stenberg, guard out of Kentucky, uh-huh. are, are both of these potential? I mean, I assume the the gentleman from Ohio State more, but do both of these have the potential to kind of come in and start? sooner rather than later, especially with them losing a, a guard in free agency?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's funny because I love both of these guards coming out of college. Um, I was really hoping that the Jaguars would actually draft both of them at some point. Just they they went a little bit higher than I would have taken them, um, especially Stenberg. I really saw that Stenberg was more like a fifth round uh, depth guy who had the ability to um, kind of build upon mm-hmm. what he was putting together at Kentucky, like put together like a hell of a running game with Benny Snell a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, but he, Jonah Jackson, also Rutgers, Rutgers grad Tread grad transfer oh, that's to, him? to Ohio that's State. Awesome. yeah yeah um so obviously improved his draft stock tremendously with the yeah. transfer to ohio state um so i, I mean they're, they're building this power run game i mean both of those guys you're, you're drafting like these big powerful maulers in the game um Stemberg's a little bit more polished in, the, in pass pro um but like you're, you're you're getting two guys that can really just run the ball you're going to be able to run the ball up the gut especially and it's funny because this kind of justifies the deandre swift Mm-hmm. pick at, at, in the second round because um, now you have like this this formidable front that you're going to kind of push the ball and we're going to possibly see Matt, uh, Matthew Stafford put together the most efficient season of his career because they'll be doing a lot of play action passes they'll be doing a lot more things with the running game that will kind of open the ball up and they'll be able to push the ball a little bit further down the field especially when you have those big targets like Kenny Galladay
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's going to be nice and Matthew Stafford you know again I don't agree with the pick but Matthew Stafford has never had a running back mm-hmm. his an entire career I mean they brought in a, they drafted Amir, Amir Abdullah if I'm not mistaken out of Nebraska you never did anything theoretic again is a specific he's a third down back more than anything I just he never Zach Zenner. I think may at this point be (laughs) one of the best backs he's ever had on his team, which come on, man. And maybe you don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll check the tape. We'll check the tape on that one. But I definitely think, you know, it again, if you can bring in these offensive linemen, you can protect Matt Stafford. I mean, he broke his back last year, if I'm not mistaken, in some capacity, one of the vertebrae. So we'll see what happens, man. I don't know. I'm, Uh, the Lions, they're going to be the Lions. They're always going to be the Lions. And I, again, no matter what they really do, I don't think they're coming out of this anytime soon. Did you think, um, some people had the consideration, did you think they would ever actually draft Tua in in any capacity? Because a lot of people kind of brought it up. They're like, Matt Stafford's kind of old. You have the opportunity to grab this next guy. Like, Why not him? I really thought
1: they would consider it. Um, But I get that Matt Patricia and... um bob quinter and win now like they they, mm-hmm. they, they can't put together another, another losing season uh the ownership won't give them another chance another season whether they're winning five or six games there's just no way like they're going to get fired if they don't at least come close to sniffing the mm-hmm. playoffs yeah um so I, I think there was some consideration but at the same time you're putting Tua out there with an offensive line that was pretty beat up last year and didn't look super great yeah. and matthew stafford who's a more durable quarterback than Tua was in his career um you you, you wouldn't want to take that chance especially with the possibility of you just getting fired the next season it's not like it's going to buy you a couple extra years like i'm pretty sure you're already on the you're already on the hot seat
0: Mm -hmm. yeah exactly and that's a really good point um and that's the frustrating thing about the nfl is in certain situations you kind of know yeah maybe this is the right thing to do but then it comes down to everybody's job is on the line every single day and if you know remember a couple years ago when they beat the hell out of new england on like Mm -hmm. monday or sunday night and everyone's like all right here we go and that was a that uh, was a joke. Nothing ever happened there. So it is what it is. So moving on to the fifth round, some more help yep. for Matthew Stafford. It looks like most of this has been all, you know, other than cornerback out of, you know, Jeffrey Akuda out of Ohio state and Okwara out of Notre Dame. Everything's been pretty offensive heavy yep. so far, especially with some of these higher picks. So 166 overall fifth round Quintez Cephas mm-hmm. wide receiver out of Wisconsin. Um, that is a, That's not a great note you have there. So I'll let you tell me why he went in the fifth round.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, there were a few things, but he did miss all 2018 with the sexual assault charges. The charges were dropped. Um, So, I mean, I'm not going to get into the legal matter because I I can't speak to the legal jargon. Sia, who's watching right now, he's a lawyer, so maybe he can he can tell us about it one day. If <laughs> he wants to look it up, I, I, I don't want to misquote something that um, all of a sudden we're, we're getting yelled at. But yeah, um, and then he, he went to the the combine, just had a terrible 40. It's like he ran like a 4 Like 3 He's a one 200 200-pound wide receiver. How are you running a four seven three? 3 So mm-hmm. I understand that these guys didn't have pro days. A lot of times with the combine... Uh, I, I don't want to give them the nerve as like, mm-hmm. the nerve factor because you, yes. this is like the most important job interview of your life. And I understand that people would be, would be a little mm-hmm. a little nervous when they're going into it, but I mean, come on, man, that's, that's a terrible 40. He's never got a chance to build upon it. Like maybe if he ran like a four, six something, um, mm-hmm. it would make sense because he has a, he has a possession receiver. He's a guy that you're going to throw the ball to a lot. He's tough over the middle, pretty good hands. So just give him the ball and then kind of just help move the chains along a little bit. That way you can have Galladay kind of doing his thing on the outside. And that way you can mm-hmm. open up the middle um, or you can kind of, open it up deep down the field for him
0: yep absolutely and, and we'll see what happens i mean if he can kind of just be you know as you said that possession receiver and he can kind of just do what he needs to do i think you know again you're gonna you're gonna find something in the offense because galladay is clearly the number one there and you know they're who's their number two did you say it i missed it it's marvin jones marvin jones okay yep. so he's yep. a weird number two he'll have I mean, like three games where he's just blows yeah. up and then the rest of the season he does nothing it's very confusing
1: I mean, they they do they still do have Danny Amendola. He is the starting slot wide receiver as oh. of now. But I understand that he's been getting up there in age, so you want to kind of start looking towards the future, even mm-hmm. though you are on the hot seat a little bit. But you just want to keep adding talent. Um, yeah. I, I, obviously, Sif has had his troubles, but maybe maybe he can kind of put together something a little special with the Lions next year.
0: We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So then a uh, couple of these late round picks: fifth round overall, one seventy two, Jason Huntley, uh, running back out of New Mexico State. Oh. Round six, one ninety seven, John. Pennesini, defensive mm-hmm. tackle out of utah round number seven 235 jay sean jay sean mm-hmm. cornell de- defensive tackle out of ohio state i guess they like those ohio state boys and then yep. notable notif- notable undrafted free agent you wrote down here hunter bryant yep. tight end out of washington so tell me a little bit about some of these guys um just off the cuff
1: yeah sure so uh we'll start we'll start with huntley um he-, he is a theoretic type he's like that that 5 10 185 count scat back that I mean, you, you kind of need that explosiveness out of the backfield. Um, I, I understand that Deandre Swift is going to be a three down back, but it's kind of nice when you bring like, that yeah. change of pace person in there. It's someone like you don't have a guy like this on the roster, um, they had great success with Theo Dick being there for all those years. So try and find a guy in his bowl that you can maybe draft and develop, yeah. um, and, and also help out in the returning game a little bit too. Um, Penaceti is, is just a giant run stuffing defensive tackle there's not more more much more to talk to about that he, he's just mm-hmm. gonna kind of help clog up the middle um, just add depth to the defensive line um, Cornell is an interesting one like he's gonna play the three technique in the the, the line scheme um, he he was a like a he's like a he was like, I think 6'4, 285 pound defensive tackle. So he, I, I believe he actually played the, the, uh, the big defensive end on the other side of chase young, when chase young mm-hmm. was kind of going after the ball, this guy's kind of holding the one side just making sure that there's, there's no runs coming his way. Um, uh, the, the little note that I found about him is he actually went to the same school as Joe Maurer, um, the, the catcher for the, the, the twins and Michael Floyd, who was a former receiver from the Cardinals. Um, so kind of cool kind of seeing That's that cool. pedigree come from a yeah. high school. Um, and then Hunter Bryant, I, I really like the Hunter Bryant pick. I, I honestly, I still can't believe he, he went undrafted. Um, he was honestly on top 100 of most mm-hmm. people's big boards. Um, so I'm not sure if it was like the interview process, if something else happened, um, if there's just kind of more that we don't know. But I mean, as far as I can tell, I haven't seen anything to kind of knock the guy's character. Um, I mean, he, he he was a good tight end at Washington, especially for a school that, I mean, Jacob Easton was kind of sling mm-hmm. the ball around. Like you had this big tight end that was constantly open over the middle. Oh, we gotta, we yeah, got to see his answers it, it, there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. See, I will read that. So everybody uh, does get it. And I, I want everyone to know it's Sia Najad is telling us at Sia Ajad on Twitter. But yeah, I mean, I think um, I, I was confused. I'll be honest. I don't watch too many Washington games, so I don't know that much about Hunter Bryant. But I did see his name come up a lot. And I think maybe one factor of that is pretty much the entire third day. He was in Mel Kuiper's top 10 left. Um, and that's usually something that when he's there, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, Live and die by what Mel Kiper says, but I definitely think you know he has some reasonable understanding of what's going on. Well, Dan it, it, moved the sticks. All these guys.
1: It was yeah. I was gonna say it wasn't even just Mel Kiper. was like every single person mm-hmm. had them on like top 100, top 125 of their big board. Which, I mean, it's the first couple of rounds of the draft. Like, how did this guy yep. go undrafted? And yes. were, were the Lions the only team that that put in a claim for him to 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 bring him into their roster? Like, the the Lions just drafted T.J. Hawkinson um, with their first round pick last year, like a top ten pick. Um, I get it though, like you. Mm-hmm. You bring in, bring in talent. Like you, you bring in guys exactly. that you think are going to help produce. And he's definitely one of those guys that can that can stick in the league for a bunch of years, just being a good pass catching tight end.
0: There you go. That's all you need now. I mean, that's that's what teams love, especially you know, um, uh, with the Belichick model with Patricia. It's something that makes sense. So uh, we were talking about Quintez Cephas and the <laughs> sexual assault charges. So, Sia, I appreciate you helping out, but Cephas went to trial and was acquitted by a jury within an hour. That's a very short deliberation which indicates that the two female claim claimants claimants. Thank you. were not believed at all by the jury. Also, the fact that he went to trial instead of taking some sort of plea deal on lesser charges means he and his attorney definitely believed in their case. That combined with the short jury deliberation conveys to me, Sia, that the charges were (laughs) quite dubious. Oh, coming in with that lawyer talk, Sia. We Mm. always appreciate you and your help, man. And so I think that's very important. And because Sia helped us out, um, well, first, let's say, how do you think the Lions did overall in uh in their draft this year?
1: They they addressed the needs that they had, and that's that's pretty much as, as much as you can ask for them. Like they, there's only so many picks that you have unless you're trading back and acquiring multiple picks. Mm-hmm. um uh, Do they do enough to help push themselves into a playoff position? No, I just don't think there's enough talent on the roster. Could DeAndre Swift come in and kind of change how that offense looks? Absolutely, he can come in and. 1,400 yards, catches the ball pretty well out of the backfield, decent amount of touchdowns, um, can kind of open the game up for the rest of the the, the team and, and really make that offense kind of flutter or flourish. But uh, that that defense just doesn't look good. I mean, unless unless Okuda and Trufant put up like this, like they if all of a sudden they become like this quarterback tandem that's like one, two in the league, it's difficult to see them having a, a guy in their, on their team get more than 10 sacks. Uh-huh. Um, So, I, I mean, I don't know, six wins is kind of a, the ceiling that I see for them.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they'll be very good. So uh, tell Sia, Justin, and everybody listening the time
1: about uh, that one time you tackled Theo Riddick. Sure. So uh, I believe it was my junior year because like, we were actually at Immaculata. And Immaculata is a high school that was one of our um, – I went to Hunter uh, in Central in Flemington, New Jersey. So um, Immaculata was actually one of our rivals. They weren't in our conference, but it was another school that was like on par with how good we were because we were constantly in the state championships. Um, I think all four years I was there, we were in the states – all four years. We won mm-hmm. it my freshman year. We lost my That's fine. Nobody year. cares about hundred essential. Yeah, right. sure, when sure, did you sure. tackle it here? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it was actually on kickoff. Um, I wasn't very good so I didn't play a whole lot but I, I got in on kickoff towards the end of the game and the I, I was running down and all of a sudden I <laughs> All of a sudden, Theo Rick was kind of just there. And uh, for people that are doing it with Theo Riddick, like he's this like, incredible scat back. Like it's impossible to tackle him. He juked into me as I was kind of like falling into him. So I just kind of like wrapped his legs up. And then I forget who it was. Someone came from behind me and just laid him out. But I was like, okay. So I wrapped him to his legs. So I get the first part of the tackle. I think yep. it's not a solo tackle, but I'll, I'll take it. It's a tackle in the uh, scat, stat category. And I will tell yeah. everybody about it. Do not I, worry. I do remember getting up and being like, "Whoa, I just tackled Theoretic. and then he stood up in front of me. I was like, "I'm taller than this dude." <laughs> like, it, it is, it's funny because like hearing about this kid like uh, all throughout New Jersey, like everyone mm-hmm. knew who he was. Like he was like this incredible athlete going to Notre Dame to play wide receiver. Yeah. Um, but it was like, "Whoa, like he's not that big." But you know what? He was he was he was, he was strong. Like, he, was, yeah. he, he, was, he was yeah he was a, he was a thick kid. But um, yeah, pretty pretty That's great awesome. career for him.
0: I do love it. It's a, it's a story that I will uh, elaborate and uh, hyperbolize for the rest of my life. So I'm excited for it. And uh, Nick, you are right. Matt Patricia has been practicing ukulele. So I do think that has given him some um, extra level of competence moving into the uh, rest of the season. So we'll see what happens there. So moving on from the Lions, we'll go on to the Bears finished third in the division. Many people had them going to the to the playoffs at a minimum, potentially going to the Super Bowl, and they were bad. Mm-hmm. Uh they traded their first, they traded multiple firsts away, and one of them was Khalil Mack, so they didn't actually get uh their first round this year. They trade their fourth was to get David Montgomery, so that was for last year. Their fifth was for Nick Foles, which that again is ridiculous. So yeah, they bring in Nick Foles, they add Robert Quinn on which just seemed to me like was a ridiculous deal. And then they followed that up with an even more ridiculous deal to Jimmy Graham. They at least restructured Nick Foles deal. I guess they lost Kyle long to retirement, Nick Wachowski, uh, Leonard Floyd and ha ha Clinton Dix all to free agency. I mean, before all the craziness, uh, you know what? Screw it. Let's just get into the craziness. I mean, (laughs) Do you think Robert Quinn was worth five years, $70 million after he hasn't really, I mean, he was good last year, Mm but was he
1: great last year? Like, I don't think he was worth that much money. What was he? I don't know. He, he, he played well on a Cowboys roster that had DeMarcus Lawrence kind of ga- yep. garnering all of the attention. And it's funny because he'll be going to a similar type situation where Will mm-hmm. Mac will be once again, the center of attention. It's the, the key is to not let Mac ruin the game plan. Um, so all of a sudden, like you, you definitely bolster the offense because, Robert Quinn as a, as a, as a second defensive end, like the, the uh, rest the opposite of Khalil Mack, that's, that's great. Like, why mm-hmm. would you not want a guy like that? That's going to come in and immediately help the, the, just, just help the defense overall, especially for a defense that was so stout last year. Only problem was Mitchell Trubisky and the offense was so bad. So that the defense was constantly on the mm-hmm. field. Um, so they looked tired. Their stats obviously get a little skewed because of that, but I don't know. I, I like the pick. I just don't understand how he flipped a coin between the two spots that he oh. wanted to go to in atlanta and he was like okay i'm gonna go to chicago instead of atlanta like all right like so you really just didn't care they offered you the yeah. same deal and you i mean i i guess looking at it i would pick the bears i wouldn't flip a coin and then just fl- get the bears i wouldn't
0: tell anybody i flipped the coin <laughs> like i yes. might have flipped the coin but i don't actually tell anybody i also would have went to atlanta live in a dome warm city but that's a me thing so yeah mm. i mean it's 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 not the fact that he did it it's that he I came like out it. and said it like yeah. it's like dude what are you doing like just a little bit of self-awareness there is probably something you need so that is something uh jimmy graham uh we are both in agreement on this one jimmy graham sucks and this <laughs> dude just keeps making money so respect to him like i'm an, i'm not going to try and take a single dollar away from him but the fact that people keep paying him money is insane to me
1: yeah yeah especially for the deals that he's been getting too but and, and it's weird especially for for the bears having like they 11? saw him up close and well now it's, it's down to nine they, they've oh, a, they a couple cut off um and there were obviously there were nobody's but i mean i can read off the list of tight ends but it's like they, we'll they drafted that. adam shaheen um so i uh, like what are you doing like tight end is a i guess a depth like you're, you're like, you have a very strong unit right now at tight end but Hell, it's tight end. Like, there's many other positions that you need mm-hmm. in this roster. Yeah. Quarterback, especially. Um. I but I, I get it. Like, you trade for Nick Foles. Nick Foles is best friend at tight ends. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, they 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 got rid of Trey Burton last year. I forgot about him. Um. So I don't know. Like, what the hell are they doing with all these tight ends? Ryan Pace must really love them. Or Adam Gase, or uh, not Adam Gase. Uh, Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy must really just love tight ends. But uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't it get makes.
0: It. It makes no sense to me. This, the fact that he keeps getting paid money is just insane to me. And then also they trade for Nick Foles. I know you were happy about it. I thought it was a fourth used to have here. There's a fifth. I'll take your word for it. You're the Jaguars fan. Um, the fact that they trade for him while Jameis Winston, Cam Newton and Andy yep. Dalton all became available in the off season. Was it just ineptitude on the bears part, which probably was it, they were worried that they weren't going to get their guy. I mean, why would mm-hmm. they give away a draft pick? when in reality they all they didn't they they, been, they didn't even have to pay him that much money james Winston is making 1.1 $1. $1 million dollars this year
1: yeah especially for a team that you would think is like they're very close on the salary cap and if all of a sudden and if, if all of a sudden mitchell trubisky comes out and has a great year next year what do you do about nick falls's contract like i understand they kind of restructured a little bit but you're yeah. still gonna have a bunch of dead cap next year um uh, to go along with max deal quinn's deal like oh, you have like all the i mean the I think Kyle. I, I forget how the, the dead cap works for retired players, but I think Kyle Long's um, dead cap still applies mm-hmm. to next season. So it's it's funny how it still kind of screws over teams once once a, once a player retires. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll kind of see what they do. But I mean, as a Jaguars fan, I was I was excited. I was ecstatic. I I, I was happy when they brought in Nick Foles. I was hoping there were other guys. Like, I mean, Alex Smith was the guy that I've been wanting for the past couple of years, especially with that 2017 defense. That was, mm-hmm. that was the guy that I wanted. So I understand that you, you kind of go after Nick Foles, the guy who's won a Super Bowl. Um, I mean, at, at the end of the day, he seems like a great guy. He's a good mm-hmm. locker room guy. Um, players really like him. So it's not like he's going to come in, like instantly take Mitch Trubisky's job, but he's going to push him. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, he's still going to coach him up and teach him um, just because he's an ultimate team player.
0: Yeah, I think he takes Mitch Trubisky trubisky's job day one um and they don't look back i think they are just gonna not even play him unless it's a necessity at this year but we'll see what happens so they did lose some other players on the defense as well but let's just get into it so as you said they have a million tight ends they signed jimmy graham so of course their first pick round 243 overall they pick cole commit tight end out of notre dame um i don't know like, it just doesn't make sense. I don't get it. They paid this guy who's not good money, and then they use their first most important pick on a tight end. Why don't they just do one or the other? I just I just don't get it, man. It makes no sense.
1: Yeah, I, I don't get it either, especially when, like, you do have some other needs. Like, you you have some, you, you kind of have a need at left tackle. Um, right guard is kind of whatever. So, like, offensive line, you definitely could have used an upgrade on. So, you got him after another tight end. So, what does he kind of help block a little bit more? Like, is that kind of what they're, they're planning on doing? Are they going to use like a lot of two tight end sets? But the problem is when you have a roster, you just drafted Adam Shaheen. Um, you draft Cole Komet. You signed Jimmy Graham to a stupid deal. Um, and then you have like Demetrius Harris and like a few other guys that will, will make the roster. And I mean, granted, they have nine now, but they'll, they'll cut it down to like five or so. But still, like, why are you bringing in and paying all these tight ends that you mm-hmm. don't need right now? Um, you need a left tackle. You need a right guard um you, you need some more receivers that can kind of open the game up for mitch trubisky or or nick Foles, whoever plays quarterback next year or hell draft another freaking quarterback why <laughs> mm-hmm. why Why not take the the most position most important position in sports um for a team that's already built to win right now the only thing they need is a quarterback the rest of the roster is decent enough um obviously you you can get by with how the offensive line is built together right now especially with the kyle long retirement but i i, I just don't get it like the does Ryan Patience love tight ends? Uh, I don't know. It, it, it was one of the picks that it, it 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 infuriated me when they did it. Because it was like, okay, cool. Cole Komet, pretty good tight end. He'll go somewhere that the that, uh, team will utilize him correctly. All right, cool. Go with the freaking Bears where you're just going to get lost in the depth chart and mm-hmm. you're never going to see the light of day.
0: Exactly. it's It's ridiculous. You know they're going to have to they're going to play Jimmy Graham, right? You don't sign him to that much money. I don't know the exact details of the contract, but it was, it was more than he absolutely should have gotten. <laughs> not even a question. So it's just, it's confusing. It's ridiculous, but now I kind of only expect it from the bears. I kind of expect these things. So it is mm. what it is. Um, so moving on round to pick 50, uh, so they had two second round picks relatively close to each other as well. Jalen Johnson, cornerback out of Utah, a mm. lot of, People had him going in the first round, if I'm not mistaken. I know there was a million um secondary people out of coming out of secondary players, defensive back safeties coming out of Utah in this, this draft in particular. But I did notice a lot of people had him going in the first round. Why do you think he slipped? And why do you think the Bears took him where they did?
1: Yeah. So a lot of it comes from the injury history, and especially for a cornerback where the Bears the corners that they bring in, they need to be able to tackle. It's not like you're gonna go out and draft a tackle or draft a corner that that isn't gonna like like CJ Henderson for the Jaguars, mm. just kind of just to to put it on top of myself. Um, you, you draft a guy who is a very good cover corner, can can run with any any receiver out there. But when it comes to tackling, he's not the greatest at it, or is he and he's also not willing to do it. Mm. Jalen Johnson is willing, his body doesn't handle it well. And especially for with the way a lot of corners, like a lot of corners, they're not as big as some, especially with some of these running backs coming out there now, the way the tight end position is changing, how big and some, fast some of these wide receivers are. You need to be able to tackle mm-hmm. when you have a history of shoulder injuries that doesn't bode well for the future, because you're using your shoulders to make most of these tackles. You're wrapping up. And a lot of times if Derek Henry is coming, if Derrick Henry is coming, oh, <laughs> Henry is coming down, what, what are you going to do? You can't step out of the way. You, you have to go and you have to find a way to tackle him. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, not, not to, not to bring myself up, but when I was playing corner in high school, I had. I'm not going to say I had a labrum injury, but I had shoulder problems, and I found myself shying away from my left arm because my left arm was constantly hurting. So I would find ways to tackle with the right shoulder, and mm-hmm. that, that doesn't go well because if no. you're trying to guard the boundary, you need to be able to guard the boundary depending on how the running back's going to try and shake you off. So, um, but you know what, Jalen Johnson, he's he's, he's a great corner um it, it's just the injury history that, that's mm-hmm. really gonna uh, really drop them on a lot of people's draft boards
0: yeah and we'll see what happens i mean they did lose a safety in haha clinton Dix, but i mean you, having cornerbacks is always always a necessity in today's nfl as we know they're very very uh necessary so now as we said they traded a bunch of stuff away so now their last few picks they're all fifth round or lower so 155 overall travis gibson mm-hmm. rusher out of tulsa 163 overall Kindle Vildor. Man, they got some weird names. (laughs) Cornerback out of Georgia Southern. uh, And then another fifth round pick, 173 overall, Darnell Mooney, wide receiver out of Tulane. So they didn't really go power five too much um, in this draft. I mean, you got Notre Dame and Utah, and then Tulsa, Georgia Southern, and Tulane with their three fifth round picks. How do you feel about any of these guys? How do you feel they fit? I mean, all of them, you know, the first two defensive, and then obviously grabbing another wide receiver is helpful, but that late, you don't know what the hell you're getting.
1: For as much as I hated their second round picks, I loved their fifth round picks. Like, uh, their fifth round picks honestly saved their whole draft. Like, you you get a fantastic athletic, like, raw pass rusher out of Travis Mm -hmm. Gibson, who will immediately provide depth behind it off uh, behind a bunch of very great defensive ends. And Mm -hmm. I mean, depending on how this defense shapes up, he could be one of the steals of the draft um, at at that slot where they drafted him. Now, you drafted Ville out at Georgia Southern. Um, He's probably going to start his career kind of at slot corner, um, play a little nickel and kind of. Mm do whatever he can to make the roster and really start playing. But th- there's, there's opportunity for him to kind of grow and become an outside starting corner. Uh, mm. And then Mooney's a fast wide receiver, which you really need some explosivity on this, on the explosiveness. corner. No, you, explosivity. you showed yeah, me. You, it's a word. A it's a word. word. It, it flows on my mouth a little bit better. Um, but a guy that can go down the field and really can help open up this offense a little bit. And especially mm. also, also a little bit to the return game.
0: And so, but with all three of those picks, I mean, Georgia Southern in particular, Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not really playing too many people at Tulane. Um, you're not really playing too many people at Georgia Southern. You're not really getting too much out of Tulsa. Is that why they win the fifth round? Because you're not totally sure. I mean, it sounds like you're very high on most of their athleticism and their ability just against much, much lesser talent.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, no, exactly. Like, it, it, it just kind of happens that way. Like you, you find these small schools prospects and they, that's, that's why you don't see guys from Tulane going in the first round. Like you just don't mm-hmm. see that just because of the level of competition they were playing. But I, it was funny because I, I'll, I'll bring up one of your, uh, one of the other podcasts that you had the other day. Um, I, I think it was with Jared, but you, you, sometimes these smaller school guys, they come in and mm-hmm. they, they kind of grow into their bodies when they kind of get to college. Um, I, I knew a kid from high school. He was five foot six freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. Freshman year of college, he grew eight inches. He was six foot four and he put on, uh, I think it was 45 pounds. And it's funny because he got cut every year in high school playing wide receiver he he, just, he was just he wasn't big he wasn't fast he wasn't good at anything and all of a sudden he became like this athletic freak and he's like i think i think he was like on the recreational uh volleyball team for huh. what school he went to but it's like oh son he kind of just like grew into his body he just became like this absolute like I, I saw him at my high school reunion i'm like what the hell happened to you man um so th- that's just kind of the way it goes with some of these players
0: I love, and it happens. It's unfortunate, uh, but I really do appreciate you reliving the glory days uh, back in high school and how much fun you had. But it, it's true. I mean, Derek did bring it up. A lot of these guys, especially going to smaller schools, they clearly have some sort of ability and grasp of the game. It's just they might not be as athletic freaks like a lot of the guys that are going to any of these power five schools. Essentially, uh, so it's definitely something that makes sense. And you know, hopefully, they they do pan out for the Bears. But again, I want to see all these guys get paid. I think that's the most important part. And then they had two picks in the seventh round, two, six, 226. Overall, Arlington Hambright, offensive mm-hmm. tackle out of Colorado. What a name. And 227, <laughs> uh, LaChavious what? Simmons. My yep. goodness. This was probably the all-name draft yep. uh, easily, but uh, how do you feel about these guys' offensive tackle and guard mm-hmm. trying to fortify that line a little bit with seventh-round picks?
1: Yeah, in its depth. I mean, yeah. <laughs> You draft Hambray out of Colorado. He he played left tackle. He played right tackle. So a guy that you can kind of use as a rotational piece. And then Simmons is just a, a guard out of Tennessee State. So you're basically adding to what I said. We need a left tackle. You need mm-hmm. a right guard. Um, and so you waited till the end of the draft to draft, to grab two guys to do yeah. that. So I, I was a little confused with where they selected them. But, you know, with the way their fifth round kind of slotted up, it was like, okay, well, you grabbed great talent at that point. So maybe you grab some depth pieces that you can maybe kind of grow and bolt into players that will end up playing for them eventually.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it sounds like they did a lot of the things they needed to do. Uh, did not address quarterback, which, again, is kind of weird, especially with some of the guys that were still on the board in the seventh round. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You you like their three fifth round picks. I apologize, the fifth round, not seventh round. You really like their three fifth round picks, but I think again, there's something they could have done. But if this is the way the board shakes out, this is the board way it shakes out. I don't think those offensive linemen are going to do too much if they can do anything. That's that's a positive, and we'll see what happens. Tight end is going to be an interesting position. I would say <laughs> do not draft any Bears tight ends in your fantasy football drafts. I think nope. that's very important and pretty easy. So moving forward, we have the Minnesota Vikings. They added Michael Pierce, uh, and they lost a lot. They lost Trey Wayne, Livall Joseph, Mackenzie Alexander, Xavier Rhodes, Andrew Sinejo, Everson Griffin still potentially. And they traded away, uh, Stefan Diggs, got that first round pick, got a fourth as well, if I'm not mistaken, there, there's Uh some swapping in there, but moving, I mean, this is now two years in a row. Essentially the Vikings just have this mass exodus from their defense Uh Mm-hmm obviously they need more of these defensive pieces, but moving into the draft, I mean, like, is there, which of the positions are most important in, in your mind moving forward?
1: They, they needed corners. Like the, you just, you just mentioned all the players that they just lost. Like you, and it was all guys they drafted in the first or mm-hmm. second round, like Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander and Xavier Rhodes. Uh, Xavier Rhodes was a, all pro corner two years ago, and all of a sudden he comes out last year and he just—he was trash. He looks terrible and kind of weird. Why? Like, was there an injury that we don't know about? But also, if the Vikings didn't want to keep him, that says something more about mm-hmm. him than it does the Vikings. Yeah. Um. So clearly, was his attitude, character—who knows? Just kind of, um, just speculating at this point. But, um, and he goes and he signs a decent deal with the Colts. So we'll, we'll kind of see how he does there. But they—they they came in. They just—they—they they let all their top corners go. They—they they drafted mm-hmm. Mike Hughes out of Ch- Central Florida a couple of years ago. So. Bringing in all like the, and they drafted three corners in this draft, so it's just kind of like okay, one of them has to stick. Exactly. We still, yeah. we still need a slot guy also to come in, so it's like okay, cool. Let's just draft a bunch of corners and kind of see how they can do.
0: It's it's definitely interesting. You usually don't see that though, like that many pieces off of defense again two years in a row, especially from like one position with Trey Wayne's and Xavier Rhodes, Mackenzie Alexander. I think he's is he slot or is he safety? I don't I don't know off the top of my head. Sindeho. I mean, it's just Cendejo. crazy to see all of how that happens. And it is what it is, but they have, I mean, they have a million picks and they were even able to take some of those picks and turn them into picks next year, which is always a good thing if you could do something like that. So coming in uh, as they, they traded away Stefan Diggs. So what did they do? They took that pick, if I'm not mistaken, and they turned it into Justin Jefferson wide receiver in, uh, out of LSU, everybody, on that LSA team is now that was draft eligible or eligible to play in the NFL is there. And then the other two, I think are going to be there next year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. So uh, how did you feel he fits into the, the offense and is he more of a comp, to Stefan Diggs, or is he a different piece that they're going to be able to play with
1: completely different pieces. And mainly because Justin Jefferson played slot out of at LSU where um, he had 111 catches last year, 109 came out of slot. Mm-hmm. So clearly he doesn't have a whole lot of experience, but also given that that wide receiver talent that they have there, I understand why he was playing slot. Like he is, is his, his, his his skill set matched what they mm-hmm. needed to do because you had Chase on the outside. You have Terrence Marshall um, also on the outside, Thaddeus Moss in the middle, and then Steven Sullivan also kind of somehow got drafted over Thaddeus Moss. I still understand it, but um, the tight end position is an enigma and an, an to me. Not um, the Bears, though. They The Bears, they, they got it. <laughs> they know what they're doing. Um, but you bring Jefferson in uh, – this is the spot I didn't see him going. I really saw Jefferson, Justin Jefferson going to the Eagles, becoming the slot receiver of the mm-hmm. feature and then kind of developing and seeing if they can kind of grow him on the outside. He goes to the Vikings who they only play two wide receiver sets. So you have Adam Thielen on one side, and then you have now Justin Jefferson on the other side. So there's not gonna be a slot wide receiver. So they're definitely, they, they, they must've already had some ideas in mind with Justin Jefferson, or at the same time, do they panic and they're like, wait, why is Justin Jefferson here? why is this talent here? Like he should have mm-hmm. gone sooner than this. He was projected uh, top 20. I mean, I granted where they selected him. It wasn't far off of that, but um, they must've had him high enough for the board and they must see something that they can kind of move him to the outside.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think again, I th- he was a product of a system that, just had so much talent in it that, I mean, it, you know, being the slot receiver in that offense is still pretty damn good. You know, what did you say? He had 109 nine catches. catches?
1: Uh, that's not insane.
0: That is insane. What that offense was able to do, obviously is it doesn't make any sense. We're, I mean, we're probably going to see it again. Cause that's just how college football works. But the fact that they had that much insane talent and they were able to do as much as they did with it was pretty much just romping everyone along the way. Uh, it was interesting. So I always have liked Justin Jefferson. It's not like, I know, he really came on this year, but I'm pretty sure he was pretty decent the year prior as well. So it's not like he's just a one hit wonder in that sense. But we'll see. A lot of people did have him going to the Eagles, and that was pretty much like on everybody's board at some point. And then all of a sudden they picked Jalen Rager. So he's able to drop that one extra spot. And I don't know. You know, as we were talking about it before, if they had him high on their board and they obviously needed hey, a tight uh, wide be- receiver. Mm-hmm why not take them see what you can do I mean they think they're smart people over there uh you know I know they just lost Kevin Stefanski if I'm not mistaken so I don't know who exactly is going to be the uh offensive coordinator there for the Vikings but I definitely think they'll be capable Gary Kubiak oh really yeah weird I Mm -hmm. totally forgot about that that's interesting
1: he he's good friends with Mike Zimmer so they've always kind of done that a little bit they've always kind of gone exactly it's definitely going
0: to be something. So I'm, I'm curious how that one works out and we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. So then if I'm not mistaken, they had the 25th overall pick. Mm-hmm. They were able to trade back with the Packers. Yes. Just yep. Double check. All right. Yep. That is, that's, that's that pick in a, in a couple, uh, they were able to trade backs so and they were able to grab even more and they were still able to grab then a cornerback, Jeff Gladney uh, with the 31st overall pick out of TCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, big 12 defense, man. I mean, I love the big 12 and I don't watch the defense. I, I've never seen a cornerback cover a wide receiver <laughs> in the Big 12. So, I mean, I don't know. Tell me tell me about Gladney out of TCU.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a solid corner. Um, Mike Zimmer loves drafting corners, and then it, it's, especially for how their defense is going to be shaping up this year, he loves drafting corners and then making them sit a year. And he's always done this. He's always had the corner come in, make them sit a year. It's kind of like the quarterback position to him, where they, they need to kind of sit, get stronger, get bigger, um, learn the game. Um, who
0: do they sit there's nobody on the team that, we just said they got rid of everybody that's
1: what i was getting to it's like okay all of a sudden like you're drafting you they, they end up drafting three corner three pretty good corners um so that's like okay let's just throw all of them in there have them battle it out in camp and let's see which one the best one is because you still have mike hughes on the side who's a decent number two corner if if another uh one of these corners can kind of step up and be the guy. Great. Like you have another corner. And then once Mike Hughes, contract comes up, I think it's in a couple of years. Um, they can let him walk in and Cameron dancer mm-hmm. of the other corners that they drafted can kind of, uh, just fill that gap.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's interesting. Um, you know, they needed a wide receiver. They got one, they needed a cornerback. They got one with trading back. So they were able to grab some extra capital, which is always nice. So we'll see. Uh, I think, you know, again, I don't know too much about cornerbacks in the big 12, but we'll see what happens. And I think it's something that can, uh, you know, again, they needed it. Mike Zimmer is much, much smarter than I am. So I'm sure he'll figure it out. Their first second round pick. Oh, their only second round pick. I apologize. They grabbed Ezra Cleveland offensive tackle out of Boise state. This was an interesting pick. A lot of people, for whatever reason had Cleveland potentially going in the top 10 to the rounds <laughs> to go to Cleveland to Cleveland I think that's the literal only reason yeah, yeah. but dropping all the way to 58 and enough people had him with a a fringe first round potentially second round then I heard some people they they barely had him in their top 100 mm-hmm. how did you feel about him and how do you think he'll he'll be able to to fit into the offensive line here
1: yeah he he's a raw tackle coming out of Boise state so I understand why they're there was no way he was going to go first round it Mm -hmm. it was just because of the rumors that were swirling around him with the the love of the bears and all of a sudden the jaguars were in love with him and there were a couple of teams that were kind of thrown into the mix um there were teams talking about trading back up into the first round to grab him just because he was like this incredible talent that everyone saw Mm -hmm. and clearly that's not what everyone thought because he he lasted all the way to where he did in the second round um so uh, especially w- with how this roster is constructed, like he, he's played left tackle at Boise state. All right, cool. They, they paid rally reef, all that money um, to come in and be the guy. Great. So now you have Ezra Cleveland to come in, kind of develop a little bit, kind of not, I'm not going to say city year just because offensive mm-hmm. lineman, the, the way the, the position is that the, the, those guys are always going down. They're always getting mm-hmm. hurt. You, you need solid depth behind, especially left tackle um, for a guy like Kirk cousin, who doesn't actually feel pressure well from the backside. Um so with, with him, you have a guy that's immediately going to come in and step up in front of Riley Reef. And it, even if the way the season goes, and if, I mean, knock on wood, if we get to training camp and everything, um, maybe Cleveland s- starts over Riley Reef. He becomes a trade piece or a cuttable piece, save mm-hmm. some money, kind of do whatever they need to do. Or worst case, you have a great experienced backup, uh, yeah. a guy who can also play right tackle as well. So um, it was a solid pick for them that um, given the spot where they took him, it just makes it look that much better.
0: Yeah, yeah. again, I think that's that's one of the things about the draft it is need, but it's also value. And if you can marry those two things together, that's great. But if there's one position that I will always, always say you want the most depth possible, it's offensive line. In any way, shape, or form, the most offensive lineman you can have, the most likely better your team's going to be because one of those guys will be able to beat out some of the others. So going to the third round, they're the 25th picks, 89th overall, Cameron Dantzler out of Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. He apparently was very polarizing when it came to a lot of people. I guess he's very long, but not very big, if that makes sense. I mean, tell me how you think, and how is he specifically different than Gladney, the the cornerback that they already took?
1: Yeah, so Dancer's a better cover quarter, in my opinion. Um, he, he has this build of like being like 6'2", but like 190 pounds. But the, mm. from what everyone says from Mississippi State, um, is he is strong at the point of attack. He's very mm. strong when he comes up attack. So it's not like he's coming out there as like this, this string bean, so to speak. Um, but he, he's pretty well built to play corner. Um, has the ability to blitz off of the end. Which uh, I mean, Mike Zimmer. If 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 there's one guy, if there's one defensive mind in the in the league that loves blitzing corners mm-hmm. more, it's it's Mike Zimmer. Um, mm-hmm. So they they in Cameron Dancer and Gladiator, two of the guys that they drafted, two guys that can kind of blitz off of the corner. So it just kind of adds to the 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 chess pieces that that Mike Zimmer loves to use with those guys.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, they needed it. They lost two. Um, and so they're grabbing two. I mean, you can't really rely on rookies, especially now we're getting into the third round, you can't quite rely on them, but it's definitely something that it's uh, it's pretty important to have somebody there to play. I think that part is uh, it's definitely something. So we'll mm-hmm. see what happens. So moving on to the fourth round now, and again, this is when it starts to get crazy because I think ah. they have 10 picks one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve maybe picks. <laughs> I don't know, I might have miscounted from the fourth round on, so I don't think we need to touch on. Every single one of these guys, but yeah. we'll, we'll go round by round. So, fourth round 117 overall, DJ Wanham, defensive end out of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. 130 overall, James Lynch, defensive end slash tackle out of Baylor. 132 overall, a couple picks later, Troy die inside linebacker out of Oregon. So, the theme here is defense. How mm-hmm. do these three guys, two of them being defensive linemen, one being an inside linebacker, how do you feel that Mike Zimmer will be able to utilize them properly in this
1: defense? they they did phenomenal in the fourth round here you you grabbed three guys who are um players that will play immediately whether mm-hmm. even if they're not starting they're going to be rotational guys that are going to mm-hmm. come in especially with the way we use defensive linemen today um, anyway um, so dj want um, him he, he's a he's more of an edge rusher like 6'3 280 pounds 275 pounds give or take um, he's a two-time captain three-year star in the sec perfect prolific, uh, awesome. prolific yeah, exactly everything you kind of want to see um, and obviously he produced while he was there then you mm-hmm. go to james lynch at, at baylor all-time sacks leader at baylor he's going to play the three techniques so he obviously he won't be getting all those sacks while he was there um but you know what when he has 13 and a half sacks last year and 19 and a half tackles for a loss that's pretty incredible for a guy that was playing like a big de- uh, a small defensive tackle position mm-hmm. he was like a quicker guy that was able to to utilize his speed to beat the guard on the inside and then get to the to the quarterback or whoever had the ball in the backfield mm-hmm. um and then you then you go back in the fourth round still in the fourth round and you grab Troy Dye. Troy Dye, a guy knows the ball running all over the field, led Oregon and tackle every single year. He was there for straight years. And he looks and plays just like Anthony Barr, who was one of Mike Zimmer's favorite players. Mm-hmm. Um, Barr's obviously is still there. So he's going to learn from a position uh, and a guy that he said he admired when he was, you know, when he was coming up. Um, so they, they did phenomenal here in the fourth round.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you can, again, as you said, like with, They don't have to start, but if they can be a part of that rotation, especially on the defensive line and doing something along those lines, figuring out a way to utilize an uh, an inside linebacker, especially if it's someone that does remind, as you said, Mike Zimmer of Anthony Barr, one of his favorite players. I think, again, that's three phenomenal picks that they could roll with. Uh, In the fifth round, they have 169 overall. Harrison Hand, another cornerback out of Temple. 176 overall KJ Osborne wide receiver out of Miami. So again, going cornerback, wide receiver. We already saw that once so far in this draft. How do you feel about these two guys in the 5th round and how do you think they can come in to uh to start playing sooner rather than later?
1: Yeah, I was a little confused because Harrison has more of a scheme quarterback. And they, uh, from what a lot of people were saying is that he's more of like a cover 3 corner, um a guy that's going to kind of I don't know. Cover a third of the field because he's not the mm. fastest, he's not the biggest, not the strongest. Um, a guy who will kind of stay in his zone and really guard his spot to to a key. Um, so I, I think at that point it was more of like a depth pick, um, mm. especially for how, how few corners they had on their roster. Then they yeah. needed to add talent quickly, um, especially because they are in they are in win now mm-hmm. um, with, with the way. Um, kirk cousins deal is set up they, they they have to find a way to to get further into the playoffs push towards the super bowl because they have a talented team they just have to i don't know just just find a way to win it
0: i mean they um, were in the
1: nfc championship
0: game mm, three years ago right Yep, they you just know?
1: So. have to get there have to get there mm-hmm. otherwise you're not justifying kirk cousins contract with yep. with how it's uh, everything is fully guaranteed um and then KJ Osborne, he was a transfer, um, played pretty well on a Miami team. It was like 50 catches for like 850 yards, five touchdowns. Um, and from, I don't know, just a Miami team that wasn't very great last year. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a, he's, he's more of a return specialist. So you're kind of just adding to depth a little bit of a different player. He, he's I'm not going to say he's more like Stefan Diggs, but he's more of an explosive wide receiver mm-hmm. than Justin Jefferson, who was a slot obviously coming out. But um, we'll, we'll kind of see what Osborne can can add to this roster.
0: And as you said, they don't need a million wide receivers because they play a lot of two tight end sets and they're probably going to have, you know, Dalvin Cook doing most of the work anyway. But I still think it's, again, you know, just it's nice to have some depth there. It's nice to get some players in and see what happens. So uh, the sixth and seventh round picks go through these pretty quick because they're sixth and seventh round picks. Uh, 203 overall in the sixth round, Blake Brandel, offensive tackle out of Oregon State. 205 overall in the sixth round, Josh Metellus, safety out of Michigan. 225 overall in the seventh round kenny Willickis, defensive end out of michigan state uh seventh round again 244 overall nate stanley mm-hmm. out of iowa 249 overall brian cole the second safety out of michigan state and 253 overall kyle hinton so while they had a lot of picks three of them are literally in the last 11 overall mm-hmm. so i guess it's something um do you see any of these guys making cracking the roster i mean like that's an important part of this too. If you have 14 picks, 15 picks, not everybody can make the roster. Yeah. At
1: that um, point. Kenny Wilkies is one of my favorite players coming out this year. He was a, uh, he was a walk-on showed up at Michigan state, 6'2, 220 pounds as a linebacker left Michigan state is like 270 pounds. So he put on like 50 pounds of, I'm only going to assume it's muscle coming out mm-hmm. of Michigan state. And he, he, what did he leave as the all times uh, tackle for loss leader with, with 51. Um, he's a guy that, He's he's one of those uh, I forget which which draft guy I talked about. He's a lunch pail guy. Comes in every yeah. day, works his ass off. Comes in and he's just gonna just do everything he can to make this team and find a way to to make the starting roster, especially with the way their um their right defensive end position looks. You have Effedi Ogunigbo. I, I honestly don't even know who he is. And obviously uh, Anthony Zettel, a uh, pretty player out of uh, San Francisco. But Kenny Wilkie's I very likely see a situation where he's the starting right defensive end in the in the in this. Uh, at that slot
0: Mm -hmm. that's that's crazy i mean to get someone that late and have them as you said you know most of these guys just having them be in the rotation is a good thing i mean Mm -hmm. having them as a a seventh round defensive starter off the bat that is that's insane but hey i guess we'll see what happens so that the vikings i think i mean it's hard to say they did bad because they had a million picks right like and Mm -hmm. they did the two things that they needed grab grab a good wide receiver and then grab some cornerbacks and everything else on top of it i think is uh it's gravy at that point
1: yep no they 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 Address their needs. They did everything they needed to. Um, I, I don't understand the Nate Stanley pick. I, I thought he was not very good at Iowa. Um, so, and then like oh, some of the other players that they drafted at the end, just more of just depth position, especially because yes. Anthony Harris is potentially on the outs. we're kind of waiting to see what's going on with their with their safety there. Um, so they drafted two guys who could potentially fill the void or at least add depth to it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. They'll probably be in the playoffs. They'll probably beat the Saints in heartbreaking fashion, and then they'll probably lose to a team that's just better than them. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, the last team, we did save this for the absolute last team in our entire NFL draft breakdown, which I'm excited for. We have the Packers. Free agents, they added a couple guys, Christian Kirksley, Ricky Wagner, Devin Funchess, okay, I guess. Um, and then they lost Blake Martinez, Brian Balaga, Jimmy Graham, and Kyle Frackler. Fra- mm-hmm fackerel thank you Frack. <laughs> i have to get used to it because he's on the giants now so a couple of those guys the two linebackers blake martinez and kyle fackerel went mm-hmm. to the giants uh brian Balaga, i went to the where did he go i can't remember off the top of my uh, chargers he,
1: st- he stayed in the eights more weird yeah uh, yeah i, I believe in the, the chargers. chargers
0: and then uh jimmy graham that's kind of uh addition by subtraction so what do they need justin what do you think they the, very
1: clearly need qu- a quarterback play <laughs> <Like> a, <laughs>
0: yes obviously <laughs> they need a quarterback i think <sighs> we all knew that going into it um yeah. and hey they did something
1: right yeah so uh, i mean in all sincerity they 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 needed they needed water they need skill position players um aaron jose's contract is up at the end of this year so uh, considering the phenomenal season he put together last year and the very good season he put together the year before that um a guy that uh, you're going to kind of look towards as a future building block of this team, granted, cause he hasn't gotten a whole lot of touches. So it's not like his, mm-hmm. his knees are worn down. His body isn't beat up too much. Um, he has had a little bit of an injury history. So we'll, I guess maybe that's one of the reasons why they, they took a, a running back in the second round, but um, they really need wide receivers. Like just give Aaron Rodgers some talent. He's thrown one touchdown pass uh, to a player drafted in the first round. And that's Mercedes Lewis. And he threw it last year. Mercedes mm-hmm. Lewis was drafted 14 years ago, by the Jaguars, that's really, that's really the guy that you're going to like, I don't know. It, I think I think that stat's better. Took, I think it's
0: better that he has one touchdown to someone to zero than zero because of the fact that it's someone that was drafted 14 years ago in the first yeah. round. That's what makes the stat even better. And that's it's ridiculous. But yeah, we everybody and their mom knew, my mom knew, your <laughs> mom knew that they needed wide receivers. And what did they do? Of course they didn't draft a wide receiver. They brought in Devin Funches, who was okay, I think, for like one game in Carolina. So mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It made no sense. So of course, with their first first round pick. They trade up 26 overall. We already know it. Jordan Love, Utah. Damn it, I screwed it up. Jordan Love, quarterback (laughs) out of Utah State. You were in love with him. You absolutely loved everything about him. Derek was not the biggest fan, but how stupid of a pick is this?
1: It's it's all time. Like I, I don't understand. Like Aaron Rodgers, I get it. He turns, I think he turns 36 in December. So like you're still yeah. getting you're still getting some good years out of him, especially with how long some of these quarterbacks are playing. It doesn't even look like he's falling apart. Like I, I understand that he's had a little bit of an injury history, and you need some depth behind him. But it doesn't mean that you should trade up to grab a quarterback that no one saw as a first round talent, other than I guess myself. um Like no one else was like they were they, they came out, so they were scared of the Colts trading up to the first round. Adam Schefter sure we went on a podcast yesterday and said there was no way the colts were trading up to the first round especially not to take a quarterback Mm -hmm. so i I don't know if they scared themselves into believing that they need to go up and grab the quarterback but i get it when the chiefs traded all that all those all that up to grab patrick mahomes it was looked at as a dumb pick Mm -hmm. everyone looked at him like okay you you're grabbing this guy with great arm talent but we just haven't seen it playing in a big 12 playing that 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 pass that pass friendly offense I, i just don't see it um but I see a lot of Jordan love in him. It's mainly because I see the arm talent. The the mm-hmm. accuracy isn't there. Um, there's the uh, mechanics-wise, he's not near what Mahomes is right now. Um, but you know what he's gonna have a couple years to kind of sit and watch. But my worry is Aaron Rodgers is gonna is gonna force his way out of there. Um I really, I really hope he doesn't go to the Patriots. And I understand what the Packers could get for him. And if you think about it if you kind of take a step back and you look at like, okay, you have an injury prone quarterback, a guy who hasn't played a full season in a couple of years. He's been, he's been, he's been banged up. I mean, it could be the fact that his wide receivers are never open. So he has to extend plays all the time and try and do something miraculous to get the ball down the field, just to get a first down. Um, So I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do with Jordan love. Like, do you, do you have him sit for a couple of years? Just, just like Aaron Rodgers did Aaron Rodgers. From what everything, everyone's already said, he's already reached out to Jordan Love. He's already congratulated him. He's, he's going to take him under his wing and do whatever he needs to do. He's not going to teach him everything that he knows because he doesn't want him taking his spot. It's a, it's a competition at, at at the end of the day. Like It's his job. He doesn't mm-hmm. want a guy to come in and take his job, nor does anyone want that in their position in, in their life. Um, so I, I, dumb pick, even dumber that they traded up for him. But in three years we can't exactly. we, we can't bash them now for it because in three years if jordan Long comes out and he looks all of a sudden like patrick mahomes everyone's gonna be praising it mm-hmm. but at the same time right now it looks bad
0: it looks bad i think if they waited and drafted him where they were which i think 30 or 31 overall mm. i think everyone's like okay you know whatever that makes sense but the fact that they traded up and they lost capital Mm -hmm. to not then be able to go grab one of those wide receivers, which is just another conversation. I think that's like another just blunder from this draft. I think trading up for Jordan Love was a dumb idea. Mm -hmm. So I think taking him was a dumb idea. Not really. I think Aaron Rodgers signed his four-year contract two years ago. So he has two years left on his deal, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. Um, And he gets paid an absurd amount of money. We've seen that most of the teams that win, their quarterback is on a rookie deal. Not to say that Jordan Love is going to be great and they're going to have that opportunity, but paying a quarterback... Thirty-something million dollars isn't—it's—it's it's just not a the best way to win. I mean, look at all the teams. Aaron Rod, Jimmy Garoppolo is only making twenty million, which was a ridiculous amount at the time, and now it's a bargain. Yeah. uh Patrick Mahomes obviously was making like two million. He was in this third or fourth—he was in the third year of a five-year rookie deal. So, from that standpoint, again, I—it's—I can justify it. I can't justify trading up for it because mm-hmm. again, you were in the NFC Championship game last year the biggest thing you did not have was a wide receiver and you could not grab a wide receiver. It just makes absolutely no sense to me. And again, self-awareness, like we were talking about with Barbara Quinn flipping coins and then telling us about it, Mm -hmm. the self-awareness from the Packers, brass GM, you know, coach, whoever made that pick, it just doesn't make sense to me that they would go and do something like that. And I think, I don't know, it's just, I don't think they're going to trade them. I, you know, I, I think, you know, in, in fantasy football, you could get a lot for him in fantasy, you know, Madden. Let's call it. You could get a lot for him, but the fact that he's 36, going to be 37, because I don't think he's getting traded this year. The fact that he's owed 30 something million dollars a year, I just don't think that that's going to be possible. And I think you know, in, in two years, I would not be surprised if Jordan Love is the starting quarterback for the Packers, and we're all like, oh, this was this was something because, as you said, they traded a lot for Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Now, were the Chiefs as close as the Packers? I don't think is Alex Smith anywhere nearly as good as Aaron Rodgers. No, no. not really. But it's still just one of those things where it just makes zero sense, mm-hmm. and the fact they compounded it by not drafting a single wide receiver in one of the deepest wide receiver drafts in recent history. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it was dumb, but whatever.
1: If I could play devil's advocate, though, if yeah. you kind of go into the season, you, you they, they play the season out. Um, it sounds like Jordan Love starts to progressing, and they really love what he's able to do in practice. Maybe towards the end of the season, if he gets a game in there, we'll see how he does in training camp, preseason games. If Aaron Rodgers comes out. And all of a sudden, they're like, you know what? We're going to trade him. We want three first-round draft picks. All of a sudden, I don't know, a, a team like the Jaguars next year was like, you know you know what? Let's go for it. Let's grab Aaron Rodgers. We'll get three possible four years out of him. We'll kind of see what he does. Here's three first-round draft picks. One's probably a guaranteed top-five pick. Uh, another one is probably, I don't know, the Rams' top-25 pick. And then, obviously, the Jaguars' following season, which they will probably suck. So it will be early again, mm-hmm. even with Aaron Rodgers, hypothetically, as their quarterback. The Packers could do a lot with that. And if they don't need a quarterback, they would have a top five pick mm-hmm. and a very deep draft coming out next year. You have a guy like Jamar Chase that you could take very early. Um, and all of a sudden you can kind of keep adding to that. And then they go into the next season. It's like, okay, we have Jordan Love, a quarterback. We have Jamar Chase, a wide receiver. They draft a left tackle because um, the left tackle is pretty deep next year as well. Um, and they could really put together a, a team that Matt LaFleur wants to run the ball. He, he wants to 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 just run the ball down your throat, mm-hmm. and that's not what Aaron Rodgers does. But also, at the same time, you take your players and you put them in the best position to succeed. Mm-hmm. Aaron, Aaron Jones looked great last year, and whether it was Matt LaFleur's scheme or not. Um, the fact that Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback is taking off a hell of a lot on, on his shoulders just because you're, you're constantly having to guard the deep middle of the field just because mm-hmm. you, you can't have Aaron Rodgers beat you with an 85-yard touchdown pass.
0: We've seen that happen to many teams. The Packers uh, have done that to the Cowboys. They've done it to the Bears. I'm sure they've done it to many other, the Lions. They did it to the Giants. So it it, it happens. Mm -hmm. It's not too surprising. And Jamal Williams was pretty good last year when he was on the field as well. So I think Matt LaFleur obviously coming out of San Francisco, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, coming out of that same kind of Kyle Shanahan running offense, it looks like it makes sense. And does it make sense to them pay a quarterback $35 million a deal and take up that much of the cap? I don't know. I don't think so, but at the same time it's Aaron Rodgers. So mm-hmm. how 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 do you say no to that? So we'll see. I don't know. It's it's interesting. And if you think again, self-awareness, if the Packers get three first round draft picks and they spend a top five pick on a wide receiver, man, that would be hysterical and yeah. i do think jamar chase is that damn good we saw him win the um the Blit- mm-hmm.
1: I was yeah. Yep.
0: okay cool i got it right this time um best wide receiver in college football if they then draft him with one of the picks that they traded for, for mm-hmm. aaron Rodgers, that's just that is insult to injury right there so moving on um pick 62 overall second round aj dylan running back out of boxing college college mm-hmm. they didn't need a running back as you said but then again aaron jones will be his contracts coming up he was only on a four-year deal and i mean we'll see what happens i don't know how it's going to work but how do you feel about aj dylan i know <laughs> he was great there's been a couple really good running backs come out of Boston College recently that have done absolutely nothing in the NFL. So how do you think he might fare in the Packers offense?
1: I've loved Adrian Dillon for years. And like, he, he's put up some very good stats. I get that he was playing at Boston College. He wasn't playing the greatest competition. But you know what? For a guy that's 250 pounds, six foot tall, run a four five three forty, and jumped a 41 inch vertical. thats That's insane Whoa. numbers for a guy of his stature. The knock on him is he does not catch well. He has stone mm-hmm. hands. But you know what, Derrick Henry came into the league. If you have a, if you have a chance of drafting Derrick Henry in that position, why not take a guy like that? He's gonna kind of get a year because you're gonna you're gonna feed Aaron Jones a lot. Mm-hmm. You're gonna feed Jamal Williams. He, he's not gonna play a whole lot. He is gonna come down on third and one, fourth and one, and goal line. And that's that's I, that's a that's a key area that they struggled in last year. Like they need someone to just push that ball into the end zone. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a great guy to do it. Um. So he he's going to come in and he's going to, he's going to kind of be the next guy. He's going to be the next man up. He's going to come in. Just going to be the, the running back that will, I guess be the heir apparent. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll kind of see if, if, if the Packers can find a way to get Aaron Jones cheap. Granted, if he has a good year, stays healthy, then you're going to yeah. pay him. But then this pick looks dumb. Um. So, because you basically just drafted a running back, uh, a fullback in the second round.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, you know, I was talking about it. I can't remember who I was talking about it with. It was in one of these other draft breakdowns where they're they're already drafting for the future, mm-hmm. right? Like with their first two picks, I mean, you were just in the NFC Championship game. What did you need? A wide receiver in any capacity. What did you lose? You lost Brian Balago, one of the best uh, tackles that you've had in, in recent history. I mean, they've had a lot of good ones and he's been pretty damn good. So losing him as well. So you might need someone on the offensive line as well. So you go with a quarterback and a running back. Quarterback, someone best case scenario, he doesn't see the the field in three years running back overvalued or undervalued position. You have two that are good. Now, granted, I understand Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are more alike each other mm-hmm. than they are like AJ Dillon, but it's just so far so confusing. That's really all I can say. And again, as you said, air parent, like, all right, that's, that's great. But it's one thing if you were a fringe playoff team, it's one thing if you, you know, made it and it was kind of a nice story, but to, to start looking for air parents, a couple years down the road when, when you were, you were in, the
1: in the nfc championship game
0: nfc championship ah. game it just doesn't make any sense to me i just don't get it so we'll mm-hmm. see what happens you have a stat here 40 touchdowns in three years that's freaking insane yep. um so that is definitely something interesting so oh, wait, wait
1: thir- wh- one more stat for yep. him though mm-hmm. uh 150 150 plus rushing yards and 42 percent of his starts so half the games he Whoa. played in he ran for 150 yards that's insane once again, you're you're, go, you're yeah. looking at the ACC. You're looking mm-hmm. at a guy who is an absolute freak of nature running back and a guy who they constantly fed the ball. Um, so he was getting his touches. But you know what? When you have a big guy that big, all you have to do is just find a way to give him a little bit of daylight and just he's going to run over these defensive backs.
0: I don't know. I'm, I'm out on defense or on running backs out of Boston college (sighs) to giants. I was all about Andre Williams when he came out and he was Mm -hmm. a complete, I mean, he was a fourth round, so he's not a bust, but he sucked. So Mm -hmm. that is, is something pretty and 81 missed tackles as well. That's pretty Mm -hmm. impressive. So he knows what he's doing. I mean, it's, it's definitely something. So third round 94 overall still need a wide receiver and they take a fullback, as you said, a glorified fullback with their second round pick and they take an actual fullback slash tight end. With their third round pick out of Cincinnati, Josiah Degara? Yeah. Degara. That's a nice name. I don't know, man.
1: What, what's going on? I don't get it. And you know what? He's 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 stout at run. He's stout at pass catching. Like he's he's a decent tight end, fullback, H type, H back. However, they're going to use him. But like you have Marcedes Lewis, so you have a blocking tight end. You drafted Jay Sternberger last year, who's a, another on the line tight end. So why are you taking a fullback here, especially when you just drafted AJ Dill? Like, what, what? None of these picks make sense. None of these picks. No one would ever. No one would ever take a quarterback that you're looking to start in three years. No one would take a running back that you would look to start in two years. That is a glorified fullback. No one in the right mind would take a An fullback. actual fullback. In the third round, like, what are you doing? Like, this guy could have fell to the fifth or sixth round. You could have easily gotten him there. And that would have been the best pick that you guys took because you took an actual skill position that could possibly help Aaron Rodgers. But if they're actually going to use him as a fullback, what the hell does that help? Like, how does that help this offense? You you just, are they trying to find ways to mimic the 49ers and just create like these uh, incredible run schemes where Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball 10 to 15 times a game? Like, no, like that's not how this offense should work. But you know what? there's a reason they make more money than I do. And there's a reason they're in the positions that they are, but I I mean, I'm just going to critique it until they prove me wrong. Exactly. And it's, it's,
0: you know, again, we were talking about it coming from Kyle Shanahan's offense, Mike Shanahan's offense, that zone run blocking scheme. Maybe that is what he wants to do. Maybe he's just saying like, okay, this is the, this is what I inherited. And this is how I'm going to slowly make my way to getting this to be exactly what I want it to be. And, you know, that's definitely a, an opportunity. It's definitely a possibility. And, I don't know who's making the picks, whether it's um, the GM. I can't remember his name off the top of my head or if it's Matt LaFleur, but it doesn't make sense. The fact that you ever take a fullback really in a draft is insane to me because I feel like they're, I'm not going to say a dime a dozen, but there's the, 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 the difference, the standard deviation, mm-hmm. the margin is not that much from the best one to, you know, the 10th best one, in my opinion, considering what they're going to do. They're going to block and they're going to catch a ball. As a trick play, as a gadget, every once in a while. So it mm-hmm. doesn't really make sense to me. It is what it is. So then they didn't have a fourth round pick because they traded it up to go grab Jordan Love with the 26th overall pick. So then a couple, uh, they have one fifth-round pick, 175 Kamal Martin, linebacker out of Minnesota, mm-hmm. still needed a wide receiver. In the sixth round, they have 192 <laughs> overall, John Runyon, guard out of Michigan. That one actually makes sense. Uh, sixth round again, a couple more sixth rounder 206 overall Jake Hansen center out of Oregon and 209. So back to back Simon Stepanek mm-hmm. guard out of Indiana uh, still need a wide receiver, but they go linebacker guard center guard. Tell me about these guys. How do they fit? And, you know, as you were saying before, especially with these offensive linemen.
1: Yeah. So, so they, they had a needed in inside linebacker. They run that three, four schemes. So they, they need four linebackers. Um, and, and they're pretty set at linebackers, but they needed one more inside guy and Kamal mm-hmm. Martin is going to kind of fill that gap yeah. uh, flies around yeah. the field, L-
0: losing Blake Martinez and Kyle Frackle. Yes, yes exactly.
1: Yes. So, so you, so you need a guy to step up uh, and you're, you're, you're grabbing a pretty good guy at Minnesota. Uh, then you draft John Runyon and, um, this, this is about the spot that he was in to go. His father played for the Eagles, so he has that pedigree. Um he had that toughness at Michigan and constantly playing hurt. He played uh he played right tackle, he played right guard, he played left guard. So he played all over. So like he can really um he, he can kind of be that that Packers chess piece. Mm-hmm. Um where you can kind of move him around if if someone goes down. Um then they 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 drafted Jake Hansen, who I guess they were once again looking towards the future a little bit because Corey Lindsley has been a pretty good center for them over the years, and I understand that his contract expires, but so, whatever centers they, aren't that
0: expensive, though
1: they aren't. But with the way the roster is shaken up, and with how much Aaron Rodgers is taking of that salary cap, you're always kind of mm-hmm. a little strapped. Exactly. Yep. Um, and then Stepaniak, I, just another guy. He he played right tackle at Indiana. It sounds like they're going to move him to guard. So just another depth piece pick.
0: And hey, you need depth off the offensive line. I will shout that from the mountaintops. You always need that. Seventh round, two more chances to draft Mm -hmm. a running back. And they take 236 overall Vernon Scott safety out of TCU and 242 overall Jonathan Garvin edge out of Miami. How do you think these, I mean, they always need help on defense, I feel like, uh, in the Packers uh, in, in Green Bay. How do you think these guys, is it mostly just depth at this point?
1: Yeah, so it's just depth. I mean, Vernon Scott, it's nice with him because he can kind of play a little bit of free safety. He can play slot corners. You can move him around depending on what you kind of need that week or depending injuries, that kind of stuff. Just because the way Lambeau's field is, the players are always constantly getting hurt. Um, and then Jonathan Garvin, just another guy. They, they needed another rush outside linebacker uh, when they lost Fackrell. Um So it's just a guy to come in, just add depth to uh, a position. But you know what? When you need wide receiver, you, have one, you had one need in this entire draft and you just completely win against it like why'd you, mm-hmm. why do you why would they come into this thinking like no you know we're pretty similar uh, with valdez scantling um and something and, and devin funch is a wide receiver honestly I, I understand you have Devontae adams yes but he's getting double covered and mm-hmm. you can see Aaron Rodgers' frustration when he's when he's rolling out to his right and he's looking for someone to get open and adams who was hurt last year so there was no one to throw to and he's just like okay what the hell do i do now
0: I mean, it was fun watching Jordy Nelson in his prime and Devante Adams on his come up. I mean, that was a fun team to watch because Aaron Rodgers is just slinging the ball. And maybe maybe this is the Packers way of saying I'm, some reports came out and I'm not going to I'm not even going to entertain them. But maybe this is the way of just saying like, hey, we're actually just going to run the ball. Mm-hmm. We know because we have Devante Adams, he's going to get double teamed. And we know because we have Aaron Rodgers, you assume we're going to throw the ball 100 times. But we're actually just going to run the ball. And they did a pretty good job at running the ball last year. Um, it's just when it comes down to it, if you have no wide receivers, it's ridiculous. There's really nothing you can do. And you still need them to do something to make sure that you can be a complete team. And that's unfortunately not something that they're interested in. Maybe Devonte Adams comes back or he's going to come back. Hopefully yeah. he's healthy all year. And I think that'll be pretty big. I know Geronimo Allison is gone. If I'm not mistaken, he went mm-hmm. off to like Detroit or something. I don't, I don't know. He yeah. went somewhere. Um, so you have Mar- Marquez Valdez Scantling. I feel like there's like one more guy. Equinamia St. Brown. Okay. And
1: and and the kid that that a lot of people have liked and that I I, I got to watch also was Alan Lazard out of Iowa State uh last year. He mm-hmm. and he, he's, he was a pretty good uh yeah. wide receiver for the Jaguars. The, last year the Jaguars kind of looked at their wide receiver positional group, like, okay, you know what, we're okay with what we have right here. Let him go. Went Found a found a home with the Packers and, and played pretty well for being an undrafted free agent. So mm-hmm. um, he he could obviously be a, a sneaky fantasy pick just because Adams is going to get his he, he's yeah. going to get his targets, but he's going to be double covered a lot. So yeah. there is going to be there is going to be another wide receiver that's going to need to step up. We kind of kept saying of MVS last year, Val- Valdo mm-hmm. Scantley, He was going to be the guy, be the guy, be the guy. And he just wasn't. And Devin Funch is just I don't know, whatever, tall, slow, and fat. Like that's that's that's, that's, that's a terrible wide receiver. That like body type that you want to have.
0: So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Again, they needed one thing. They didn't address it. They didn't need a couple things. So of course they addressed those. Um, I don't know. I'm not going to ask for a grade, but man, how do you think the Packers did in their, uh, in their 2020 draft?
1: Uh, Without like the three year outlook and just kind of having that knowledge Mm -hmm. of the future and really looking at it. I mean, this is, this was the worst draft out of everyone that drafted this year. Like you didn't draft the needs that you had, or you waited way too long in the offensive Mm -hmm. line. So you didn't draft anything that you actually needed um, early enough to actually make it an instant impact on your team. Instead, it was like, okay, LaFleur came in. He's like, this is my team. I'm going to get the guys that I want right now. And Aaron Rodgers is like, okay, now, now what do I do? How am I supposed to do this with the same offense from last Mm -hmm. year, which we saw how, how good it can be. You just need another receiver. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Just need one more receiver, and they couldn't even get one of those. So overall, uh, this was a lot of fun, so thank you for doing it. How do you think the division shakes out this year? Uh, The Lions, they were very bad last year, probably going to be very bad again. The Bears are just crazy. I want them to be good because I think it would be a hysterical storyline. They'd just be funny. The Vikings got significantly better better through the draft but lost a lot through free agency and the Packers are just weird. Yeah. Um so how do you think I mean what how do you think the division shakes out next
1: year? Uh, it's going to be the Vikings and the Packers kind of vying for that top position. Um they they're, they're, they're both kind of Bringing the same talent forward. Like I understand the Vikings lost a lot of defensive pieces, specifically a defensive back. Um, So they're gonna be very young in that position, which is not Mm -hmm. a spot you want to be very young at. But you know what, you have three corners that you drafted early. There's other guys that will always make an instant impact. So, and and Mike Zimmer is a great defensive mind. So he'll find ways to put them in, in, in good schemes it sounds like Lafleur is taking control of the Packers. Um, it's, he's like, this is, it's my way or the highway, get on and get off. We're, like th- you're going to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, I mean, gone to the NFC championship last yep. year. So clearly they did as a well rookie, enough right? rookie head coach, rookie head coach. Um, And then, I mean, yeah, I agree with the Lions They're they're whatever, but the X factor is going to be the Bears. Mm -hmm. Can Mitchell Trubisky take that next step? Is he going to put in all the effort? Granted, this is just a weird year with everything that's going on that he's not going to have the time that he needs to grow with these guys. And was he actually really that hurt last year to the point where he wasn't able to use his legs to extend plays and do what he does best, which is, sorry, that's not what he does best run the ball like he's still yeah. a pretty good quarterback there's a reason he's in the nfl but something that that greatly affects his game is his ability to use his legs mobility, does exactly. he come in this year um with that mobility still there and all of a sudden it's like okay cool like we, we have an offense again with nine tight ends um so We'll see. Uh, I I could definitely see the Packers being at the NFC Championship game again. I have a hard time seeing anyone getting past the Saints, but we've always we said that the last couple of years and mm-hmm. it hasn't panned out for them. Um, but the Bears, I, that that defense is disgusting. It's so freaking good. And they're just wasting it like the Jaguars wasted 2017, and that's why they keep making all these the these jokes about it. It's like, mm-hmm. all right, cool. Then they traded for Nick Foles, the exact same thing that the Jaguars just did. Yep. Um. So. I don't know. Does does Nick Foles come in and, and make that team into a Super Bowl contender? No, I don't think so. I watched it firsthand. He's not a very good quarterback. But you know what? He could be a step up above Mitch Trubisky, which exactly. maybe that's all they need.
0: And you you said it before with the Bears. I mean, their their offense actually beat their defense because they couldn't stay on the field. They mm-hmm. couldn't score points. The defense is always under stress. That's not a great way to have a team. You want that defense flying. You want to be up by 10 points and let that defense just do whatever the hell they want to Khalil do. Mac. Exactly. And him. then you'll you'll go absolutely to town there. I mean, Robert Quinn as well. We'll see. I think, again, you made a good point. I don't think he's worth the money, but if it works with the cap, it works for the cap. Bringing him in, just opposing Khalil Mack, you know he's going to get most of the attention, so you need someone on the other side that can do something against one-on-one in most situations. So we'll see what happens. I know, again, we have that third playoff spot, and I think mm-hmm. I've given it away to just about every team in the league at this point. (laughs) How do you think, I mean, I only think the Vikings and the Packers have a chance. I do not think we're getting two teams out of the AFC North, considering the AFC South is going to be stacked again. And the NFC, uh, I apologize, the NFC North, the NFC South is going to be stacked as well with Tom Brady down there, Drew Brees. and then you have the NFC West where Seattle just always finds a way, San Francisco's coming off the Super Bowl, cont- um, you know, when I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Packers don't make the playoffs this year, even with that extra spot, I think it's going to be way too competitive. I also wouldn't be surprised if this is the year of the NFC East where the Cowboys and the the Eagles both say, "No, we want to win 10 games instead of 0." Yeah. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens there, but do you see Two teams coming out um, of, of this division this year, or do you think it's most likely just one? If I put it at one and a half, what are you taking?
1: I'll take the over, just because we almost always see a team, two teams from the NFC North make it. And uh, obviously, we're 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 going to throw the Lions out of there just because I don't think they have enough talent to, to to actually make an impact. The that that Bears defense is legit. They they mm-hmm. have a very good chance at replicating what they did two years ago, um, and really pushing forward as long as their quarterback can take a step up. If any of their quarterbacks can take mm-hmm. a step up. It could be who the hell knows. Um, I mean, you still have Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback. He's, exactly. he's phenomenal talent. I, I wonder if that locker room all of a sudden now gets divided. It's like, okay, half a locker rooms, the half of them is Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. That's going to create a rift. You never want to do that. You never want to find a way to divide a locker room. And then the Vikings, yeah, I mean, they find a way to win. They, they Every they year they find a way to win 10 games, 11 games. I, we'll kind of see how the schedule comes out and then we'll kind of start. Mixing and matching, kind of really seeing what they can do. But you know what, Dalvin Cook's a hell of a running back. Um, Kirk Cousins can still throw the ball pretty well. They have two pretty good, wide, two very good wide receivers, uh, especially now that they drafted uh, Justin Jefferson. And they, I mean, their their biggest thing is going to come down to the cor- the play of their mm-hmm. corners. They they really need those corners to make a veteran impact on that team.
0: Which is going to be hard. You know, as we said before, corner is one of the hardest positions to transfer, and it's not great to have an entire. Position group <laughs> young again watched it firsthand with the Giants last year, and it was not great. Granted, the rest of the defense for the Vikings is going to be much better if they can get some pass rush. I mean, you can then, you know, it makes it a lot easier for the cornerback. So we'll see what happens. But Justin, this was awesome. Last one, we did all eight in 10 days. Kudos to you, Derek, Jared, Nick, Sean. Appreciate everyone coming on. Thank you all so much, Justin. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.
1: Thanks, Mike. Yes!